Hey guys, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Mm-mm-mm. Do I have news for you? Gang, I got a special coupon code here for people that I really love at Twiniversity. And since um, it's me and you today, I figured that I would tell you first. So here's the deal. If you are currently in the market for a wagon for your 20s, um, I know it's a, it's really challenging, right? Because a lot of market, a lot of markets, a lot of wagons out there are like wagons that you got to pull your kitties behind you, which is tough, especially as your kids get big. It gets really, really, really challenged to pull them, especially up a hill. Holy moly, guacamole, it is a challenge. Okay, so here's where the good news comes in. You gotta check out the Larktail Caravan. So it's actually not just a wagon, it's a stroller wagon. So what happens is, is that you could literally push or pull your 20s because it is so incredibly maneuverable and it is so flexible. It is really, really, really awesome. It makes things so much easier. It really does. I have to say there's so much room. Like if you want to go out for a day to the beach or you want to go on a family camping trip or you just want to go on a nature hike, I'm telling you that the Larktail Caravan is the wagon that you need. It has so much interior seating room. And you know what else it has? Reclining seats. Literally, your kids could kind of lay back. It's it's unbelievable. So you could also flip out one seat forward and you can make a flat base. It's so you could like hold even more and make the kids walk next to you. So let's say you go to the beach, okay? Or let's say you go someplace, you go to a garage sale. You take the 20s, you leave the 20s in the caravan as you're kind of going through the garage sale and you're like, ooh, I love that table. Let me put that in the wagon. All right, throw the kids out of the wagon, put that in there. And now we have a wagon that's gonna take our fancy new furniture to the car. It is unbelievable. I am telling you the truth. You gotta head on over to larktail.com. You use code TWIN20 to get 20% off your purchase. You could thank me later. You could always send presents to Twiniversity. I am fine because you're like, Nat, you tell me about all the coolest stuff in the world. Yes, I do. And yes, this is another cool thing that's in the world. So go on over to larktail.com. Make sure that you use code TWIN20 to get 20% off your purchase. Another day, another destiny. <laughs> well, I condemn this man to slavery. Did you ever see Late Miss? No. I think you I never saw Lee Miz. Not the play. I've seen. I saw the movie, but it's such a fuzzy memory of seeing Lee Miz. Did you see the movie with with Hugh Jackman? No. Was it Liam Neeson that was in the first one? I don't know. It I don't may know. be Liam Neeson and not Hugh Jackman. It's such a fuzzy memory. I don't know. Another I just know. Time. I'm obsessed. Do you know that my high school quote was from Lee Miz? Oh no, I did not. It was. 
That's why it's like Anna's thinking about that now for school. And she's like, I have to do my senior quote. And I'm like, make it good. Like, make it something. Don't make it like something that you're going to. Yeah. That's so temporary right now. Like something that you've loved forever. Yes. But when my aunt worked for the hospital, they used to get like these discount tickets for like the employees of the hospital. Nice. And we would go to see Les Mis all the time. And then I realized as a student back in uh, 1956, when I was a student, I could get tickets for 15 bucks. Shakespeare did it in the park live. I've never, I never, I never got those tickets. (laughs) Did you ever see that? No. We're the worst New Yorkers. I know. I've seen other ones though. I've saw like Fiddler on the Roof and um, what else did we see? Mamma Mia. Dan hated that one. You saw Hamilton with me. I did see Hamilton. I saw, what else? Uh, Book of Mormon. I've seen some good ones. Although I have to say Fiddler on the Roof was a really spectacular one. That was a long, long time ago. And that was really good. Um, Fun fact about Fiddler on the Roof. Um, my son knows most of the words to the songs. He could be um, like a, uh, what are the backup? A, uh, what do they call that? Oh, we're the worst people. Understudy. Understudy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's it. But we, <laughs> I don't know what we were. We were talking about it the other day. Like we were watching TV and then we were talking about Fiddler on the Roof. And I was like, play that song. I told A-L-E-X-A to play it. And he st- he was singing. And I'm like, I'm not understanding something where like, how do you even know this? But he's like, I like it. And it was because there is a famous, a popular artist that, oh, Gwen Stefani, that has the feet, like the beat to if I was a rich man. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And that is how he got to Fiddler on the Roof, because that's the kind of kid I have. All right. Uh, So today I want to introduce you to um, a mom. And guess what? What? She has twins. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you guessed. And she is, she's been all over the place. Okay. Now here's the funniest part about her. I'm going to say her name. You don't know her for realsies, but her name is Tamara Sam. But Lauren, for some reason, I kept getting stuck on her name. Uh-huh. And I was like, is it Tamara? Is Tamara. it Tamara? Is it, it Tamara? I think it depends on where you live, like in the world and how they pronounce it. But now, now I'm second guessing that it's even Tamara. But Lauren, I got so stressed about saying her name during the <laughs> podcast that it was, it was overwhelming me because I'm like, oh, I would love to say her name right now and like address her personally, but I you can't. You avoided saying her name, I bet. Do you ever have that happen? Like where you're like, what's your name? When I forget the person's name or if I forget how to pronounce it correctly because it's something unique. Yes. That's yes. not good. No. What's your trick? Like if you forget somebody's name, do you have like a trick? I try to get them to like introduce themselves to someone. I know that's a big, that's a trick. Like I'll be like, oh, this is my husband, Dan. Yes. Dan, And then they, they'll introduce themselves or something like that. Or I say to someone who knows them, what's their name? Yes. That's what I was going to say. If I were with you. Yes. But what if I didn't know her name? What if I didn't know? I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. But if like, let's say, hopefully you didn't know the person. I would be like, Lauren. Go introduce yourself. Yes. And then come back. Or I'd look for like a name tag if we're at an event. 
I try to always get people to have name tags. I even in university class. Like if people introduce themselves to me, I try to say their name in my head like three times so I can kind of remember it. But I always, I screw things up with names sometimes. It only, it stays temporarily. Yeah. And then it's gone forever. Yeah. Well, that's the problem that I had with this podcast. But the the funny part is, is that has like nothing to do with the podcast. (laughs) So she is uh, a daughter of a doctor of an OB. And her sister's an OB too. And then I believe her mom's a nurse. So she was talking about how, like, if you come from a medical family, they call it the nurse curse because you go in and like you, doctors are going to assume that you think you know better than them. Mm. And how we, like her theory was like, we're going to, this is going to be like an explicit episode because we use the word shit. And since it's already labeled explicit, we could say that. But there, she's her topic is like that you need to Ted Lasso the shit out of the nurses and doctors. Yeah. And you need to be like, come on, team, and we're going to do this and like make them feel like they're part of your family and part of this team and be inspirational and be positive. And if you could win them over early on in your pregnancy, then you're going to have a better delivery experience. Okay. Do you think that that would be you, but you would do that naturally. Yes, that's me, but that's who I am. And I don't think some people are like that. I think it it depends on the personality. I think it does too. I think that it really, it's if you need to be told to be um, extra motivating, Mm -hmm. then this is going to be the episode to listen to. If it comes to your nature, then it's just going to be affirming what you already thought. Absolutely. But I, w- I struggled so much with her name. I'm still, like, I still feel bad about it. I actually text her after because I said her name wrong, I think, twice. And she corrected me. I was so embarrassed, Lauren. <laughs> You're only human. Oh, I know. But still, I hate that because I hate when people call me Emily. That's the name that people call Emily? me most. Yes. Emily? All the time. Like, if I, I think because I speak too fast. Oh, and they think that's what you're saying? Yes. I get Laura, Lori, Lorraine I've gotten, but not good, but like it, Lauren, they, sometimes it just, they're like, what's your name? Yeah. It's Lorraine. We'll just go with that from now on. Are are you ready to meet Tamara, Tamara, Tamara? Are you ready to meet her? Yes. (laughs) All right. All right, guys, without further ado, here is Tamara Sam. Hey, Tamara. Are you ready to play our let's Ted Lasso the crap out of our hospital team? Yes, I am ready to play. It's all actually, could we make this into a game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's this do this. Totally into a game show. Okay, okay. so our first contestant is mm-hmm. you. You're our first contestant. I'm so happy so, to be here. Well, congratulations. You know, out of all the thousands and thousands of auditions that we get for the Twiniversity podcast home game, mm-hmm. I am so happy that we chose you. And it's not because of your beautiful hair and stunning looks, although <laughs> that was 20, that plays 20% into it because that's the way that it's got to go. I managed to slap some makeup on this morning just for this because I'm so happy to play this game. You did so good. Now, congratulations, because the other reason why you were accepted is because you have eight million kids or just three, but yes. they're all girls. And therefore, you automatically win the award. <laughs> so congratulations. Yay. Um, Audience applause. Oh, my gosh. So three under three is three what we're three. looking at right now. Mm-hmm. So how old are the 20s now? 
they're nine months and and my three-year-old turns three today oh happy birthday to her so that's really exciting oh my gosh so first of all you have a house full of girls yes my poor how, husband how is he handling this uh, we're working on it we're working on it i think every you know the whole twin thing every day every day take day by day little steps Oh, well, we we have no choice, right? This this is the only way that we could do it. But the good news is you made it to 33 weeks, five days, mm-hmm. which I love. So I'm just, I, I'm a few days beyond you at 34 weeks on the day. So mm-hmm. I'm right there. Mm-hmm. You had some NICU time. Yes. So about five weeks in total. Yes, five weeks in total. So one twin, I have Lila and Nova. Those are my girls. And one of them... Nova was a little bit smaller, so she stayed an extra week. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's tough, though, too. How did it work? Like when you had the 20s and you have your older chick at home and you moved for a job. So your whole village is back in Canada and here you are yes. in California. You're like everybody's home. Yes. How did it work when you were when you had your daughter at home and then the 20s in the NICU? It was not easy. So I think for us. As soon as uh, we found out we were having twins, it was like instantaneously click. We got to move. Like okay. we have to be closer to family. So now we're in Georgia. So when the twins were three months, we made the I move. I missed that. I missed that part. I thought you mm-hmm. were going to move. So you've been all over the country already. You've been all over the country. So we that just moved. That's a huge move. move. Yes. Holy smoke. It was nuts. It was. Oh. I mean, you think twins is nuts and then you add on all these other layers of life and it just is <sighs> even more nuts. So right. happily now we're here. We have a you know, a broader network. Toronto's only two hours flight away from from Atlanta. So, and both my sisters live here. Oh, that's but perfect. Oh, good. Backtrack to when I was pregnant and when the babies were born, we didn't have anyone. It was still like pretty COVID-y. So people weren't exactly traveling. Yeah. Um, you know, as well, like if, if your kids are in the NICU, people are not coming in there. Yep. And especially not in COVID time. So we couldn't, even if my sister did fly over, yeah. Um, but it was after the babies were born. So we had to basically cherry pick who we could yeah. to be on call for our daughter, Adeline, who, um, who, you know, we're like, okay, you're on speed dial. Um, you're a friend of mine who we've only known each other a couple of years, but now we're like fast friends. And she came over as soon as, you know, the call happened where I had yeah. to go in for my C-section and she was staying over with my daughter. Listen, we didn't that's... have a babysitter or anything at that point. <sighs> and did then you, when did you know that you were going to go early though? Like how, how far into your pregnancy did you realize that like, okay, I need to start building the support network. I would say probably a Two months before is when I started panicking okay. and started being like, okay, we're not going to be able to do this without help. We have to figure this out. What yeah. are we going to do? And the, the solution was we got to throw some cash at it. And yeah. one of my friends who's a twin mom, she was like, just break the bank for the first couple of years because you're going to need that help if you don't have your village. If we don't have grandma living with us or my sister's there. So we said, okay, we're going to hire a night nurse. And that in itself was an experience, but it saved the day like that. That made all of the difference. But the hard thing about hiring people when you don't know when you're going to deliver is when do you hire them for? At what point do they start? And so 
in the end, it kind of came down to the wire and it was a video, video interview after interviewing a bunch of people. And the one woman that I really liked, she was a bit higher in price. And in the end, it was like, no, we're going with her. I vibe with her. She's great. And, you know, she flew up as soon as the babies came out of the hospital and it was like, here you go. Here's our children. And there you and, and that's how it's it's so interesting because some people don't really understand the need to have the help, right? We have families that are overseas or families that don't have their family like you did, and they're like, "We're going to just try it. We're yeah. just going to go at it." And then you start. It, it, I should not say that it's everybody, but often you'll start making little mistakes, especially if you have an older child too, where you don't want to neglect yes. the older child. And then you have to d- deal with your own recovery and then your trauma of an early delivery and then a NICU stay. So you guys totally did it right. I'm, f- I'm glad that for your family, this worked. Yes. But even before then you were doing things on the right path. So now you come from a medical family. I do. Yeah. So um, my sister is an OB-GYN who followed in my dad's footsteps, who is an OB-GYN in Toronto, probably delivered over, you know, thousands and thousands, 10,000 babies in his career. Um, so I, and then my sister is a nurse and then my mom and my grandmother, all nurses. So there oh. were vagina textbooks all over my house. Just I love like, this. Yeah. I so, did. Why didn't you become a nurse? What, how did you break out of that cycle? I don't know. I really don't know. I think I was just rebellion. I just didn't want to go down the path of everyone else and just wanted to be my own person. So, and I I went into psychology as my undergrad because it was like the closest, least medically thing I could get to that was acceptable for my parents. That's perfect. So So they were okay. They were like, all right, you got something. We got something there. So now when you were, when we were talking earlier today, and I know that everybody listening right now is like, go back to this, go back to this. I want to talk about the move. I do want to focus because I have trouble focusing, but I want to talk about this whole Ted lassoing the crap out of your medical team. Now, this is something that you and I have very, very much in common about making sure that we're all on the same page and on a positive page, not Mm -hmm. just on the same page. I really want to know your end of this. And especially like I love Ted Lasso. For those of you that haven't watched Ted Lasso by now, he's just a part of pop culture. So hopefully you understand that it's really just uh, a motivator, uh, a team builder, a connector, And just ultimately somebody that despite so many odds can build something miraculous. And And that's kind of what what Ted is. At the same time. And just like somebody as well. To a fault and too sweet. And for me coming from going into the NICU and having these angel nurses and angel doctors around me, like my perspective only had to be like, I have to be the nicest version of myself that I can be, even though I'm in pain, even mm-hmm. though my stomach's been cut open, even though my daughter's at home, even though I have twins in the NICU, like these people, your care team who is there are amazing. And they're, they are taking care of your most prized possessions. How can you not be the kindest version of yourself? And mm-hmm. like, you just have to Ted Lasso the SHIT out of the nurses, buy them gifts, smile. If you can smile through the pain, make yourself a person to them. As far as like, tell them your story, ask them about theirs in the end, they're people too, just like you are. So 
for me, that was, that was really important. I think coming from the medical background too, I had a lot of faith in the medical system because I I know my family's all in that field. So I -hmm. I felt a connection a little bit as well. So I think it made it a little bit easier for me Mm -hmm. as well, just to be like, I'm here to work together with you because I know you are taking care of the most prized possessions in my life. But I will say it's not as easy for everybody. Right. I think truthfully too, your Canadianness probably also (laughs) plays a big role into your kindness too. And not to kind of go against my New Yorkness because I feel like we get a very bad rap. Um, Although we do. And there's part of us, we're okay with that. I have to be honest with you. I hope that Canadians are okay with just being unbelievably, amazingly lovely, uh, a country of happiness and, and joy, but not everybody has a good experience. And so for those families that are going into a situation where maybe it's less than ideal and maybe they have a lot more anxiety than most, or maybe their medical team is actually causing more anxiety than necessary. How do you recommend that people like turn it around? Like, where does it start? Like, where does the Ted Lassoing start? Does it start on your first OB visit where you go in and you're like, I'm so great. You're going to love me. I'm the best patient ever. How does it start without being so like annoyingly sweet? For sure. And it has to start, it has to start at that first appointment, the first time. And it, I really know that my situation is probably really different because in the midst of COVID, I'm an extrovert. I come to a doctor's appointment and I'm like, hi, I'm so happy you talk to another human that isn't my child or my husband. So it was a very different scenario for me in the mm-hmm. sense that I'm an extrovert as well. And then also because I'm like, sure, let's my vagina hang out. Go ahead. Like um, a lot of people you know, people haven't even been down there. So that's, that's a very hard scenario. And I think again, like you have to one trust that the person is there because they want to be in that job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, this is their choice in life and they're there to help you. Um, So remembering that. And then I think also creating some sort of rapport where they're not just patient zero. It's hard when you have different doctors for sure. But I think if you can have a little bit of time for small talk, mm-hmm. that is going to, it's just like one little piece of it. That's going to help. I think on both sides, like help you have faith and, and that sort of thing. All right. Well, I want you to sit right there. And then when we come back, I want to tell you what one of my biggest tips are to winning over my team of whatever it is, whether it's work, medical, people at a restaurant. I'm going to give you my number one tip. And then um, I want to know if you agree with that or not. Okay. So everybody just sit back there, sit right there. We will be right back in two seconds. If you think this podcast isn't the worst, we got great news for you. There's actually a lot more to Twiniversity than what you're listening to right now. We have classes for expectant twin families. We have classes for breastfeeding twin families. We have a peer-to-peer mentorship program. We have the book, What to Do When You're Having To. We have a thriving social network, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, wherever you want to hang out, we will meet you there. So to get kind of a fuller picture of all that Twiniversity 
university has to offer you, head on over to twiniversity.com and check out the latest information that we think you need to know today. All right, Tamara, here is my big tip. Drum roll, please. The first thing I do is I go in and no matter where I am, I ask them their name. And I say, hey, I'm Natalie Diaz. And they go, hi. And I say, who are you? And then they say, usually even at a doctor's office, they're often caught by surprise. They never even expect that. But I always also do that. Like if you are a waiter or a waitress and you don't say, hello, my name is Jack. I will say, what's your name? And then I would be like, hey, Jack, how's your day going? And then, and that's it. That's literally all I do. And immediately I don't know. Maybe that's the extrovert in me too, but I, I genuinely do care who these mm-hmm. people are. So I'm not even doing it as like a ploy to make them like me, but I'm like, dude, if like, you're going to be, do something for me and you're going to check me into this office. And I know I'm going to come to this office every two weeks for the next, hopefully right. you know, nine months. That's the best case scenario is that I'm going to be sick of you. I right. want to know who you are. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and it's as basic as saying good morning when you see somebody and you wake up. And it should be kind of seen that way as like, this is this is normal to say, mm-hmm. hi, what's your name? How are you? Hey, I'm going to be here in your office for what seems like forever of a pregnancy. And yeah, let's let's chat. And let me find out a little bit more. Hey, you have some family photos on the wall. Look at that. Who are they? They're so cute. Like, it's, it's that basic kind of discussion. And then it can lead into other steps as Mm -hmm. far as like, when I was in the NICU, I was just like, if I'm going to get you donuts every day, because I know that this is going to help, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm going to just hang out a little bit at the desk, ask you how your day was, even though I know my day was crazy too, you still have a life. I'm going to do it. And the, the return that you get on this is incredible. Really I have one is. nurse that is just my like spirit angel Aww. nurse who, you know, I was feeling really, really down and didn't even know it so much, but she was just so nice. And she was also a lactation consultant. And when you think about how much people are up in your stuff, like mm-hmm. you think you want to break down some barriers and this amazing nurse, Stacy. She was like, I'm going to go get you some warm blankets. I'm going to tuck you into bed. She put me in this like cocoon of warmth and I just started bawling. I was just like, this is the nicest thing that anybody has ever done. And it made me feel so good because I didn't have my family around. And so they, they became my extended family while I was in the hospital. And then while my kids, babies were in the hospital for that entire time. Mm hmm. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of just putting out whatever I want out there mm-hmm. into the world. And I know that people do get anxious and especially dads sometimes honestly get a little rude yes. to tell you the truth. Like it happens even to me, like if I go to somebody's house for lactation support, but I really try to just remind people that not everybody could express themselves in the same way. So mm-hmm. for me, I don't get I don't get bothered because I know that some people's fear comes off as anger. Right. Right. And I know that nurses also know this, but if there's a way that you could put yourself in check 
or even, you know, put your partner in check and be like, ugh, like, you know, just calm it down for two seconds. I know that yeah. you don't mean it, you know, don't make anybody get defensive. But if you, if you pay attention to teeny tiny little details, even, but even Ted lassoing the crap also goes for like your, your male person. Yes. The person who delivers your yes. mail. It's just, yes. it's just a common sense of humanity. But if you are kind of at the mercy of somebody in the hospital, that's when it becomes so much more important. So that, let's just say hypothetically that we have a doctor that no matter what, we just can't crack. Yeah, They're just like, uh, they have a stick up their butt. They are just ridiculous. What are, what do you think is something that you could do either pulling from your personal or professional experience mm -hmm. that you could either a change the way that you think about it to get them on your team or to actually have like a strategy to get them on your team? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I think a lot, there's, there's a few things that happen there when you have somebody who's like their bedside manner just doesn't agree with you. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate end to a lot of people is they switch doctors. Mm -hmm. That's what people do or ask for another doctor, which in extreme cases you should totally do. You advocate for yourself and be in the best situation you can create for yourself. Um, I think a big problem and I was guilty of this with my first pregnancy is having this, you know, the birth plan is so such a big deal now. And what that means is like a three page list of mm. what you have <laughs> in your head as this ideal birth, which honestly birth is Russian roulette. It's who knows what's going to happen. The truth. And so I think going through my second pregnancy and just being like, all right, I have one request throughout this thing and it was delayed cord clamping. And I want that to be like the one thing that I focus on. Whereas in my first birth, I was mm -hmm. like, I need this, I need dim lighting, I need. And so there's this, I think, balance of, of like expectation. And then as far as somebody who you just are not vibing with, mm -hmm. I think if you've tried, if you tried to like break out the humor, if you try to make yourself as human as possible, then I think there are points when you need to move on and find yep. another doctor. Amen. And I, I think that people don't realize that that's an option. Yeah. And you're like, like, honestly, like Tamara, like people just feel like this is who I'm going to. This is who I'm stuck with. Yes. That's not a thing. You're never yeah. stuck with somebody. We have found doctors of people here in New York that I've had them switch at 33 weeks. Right. Right. Because if you're that miserable, what are we doing here? This is the right. person that's going to be part of your life story. I talk about it all the time. Like, I'm like, this is an imprinting moment in your, your psyche. This is it. Yes. You're getting this. Do you want that person to play a role yes. in your life story? And if you say no, then you, it's okay to move on. Nobody's going to be offended. They don't put a picture up of you behind the cash register and say, don't let this person in again. Right. That's not a thing. Right. I don't know what people get so nervous about. I think maybe sometimes it is because it is 
they may have had a hard time finding somebody. But hypothetically, if you can't move, right, because we do have people that are in like the rural, rural parts of the country that are three hours away from their doctor's office. I my my biggest tip, which I've had this plenty of times, too, with either me or the kids doctors. And like we had this one pulmonologist for my son when he was young and she was just mean. Yeah. And she was like crotchety. And I like would come home and I would feel so unsettled. And everybody's like, but this is who you have to go to. She mm-hmm. holds the magic keys to, you know, this particular, you know, situation that you have. And so I just decided that I'm literally going to just rip the freaking bandaid off. And, and so like, the, yes. And so the next visit that I went in and I said, how's your day going? And she said, fine, fine. And I, and then she would talk about something. I said, actually, could we go back to that for a second? I said, can I ask you really, are you okay? Yeah. I said, because I, I know that you're not wanting to probably portray what you, with this person, person that you are to me and my child, like, what can I do to help you? Yes. If there's some stress that you're having, is there something that I could help you with? Do you need me to just take a minute and file stuff for you? Yes. Are you overwhelmed? Do you need me to make an appointment for your dog because their nails need to be cut? But I'm like, I don't think people really want to be mean. And I don't think people want to be rude. I, I don't think that they're aware of what they're doing. But if you go in and you don't come at them with your, your wagging finger going, you're the worst thing that's ever happened to me. If you just say, are you okay? Yeah. And half the time you're right. It's like, they're, they're, you, you have to, I think, give people the benefit of the doubt in that you're right. They're probably not trying to be mean. Maybe they are going through some crazy scenario that you mm-hmm. can't even fathom. And they're trying to, you know, they're taking it out on you, which isn't yeah. fair. Um, you know, sometimes you're like, why are you doing this job? It just doesn't make sense. No. Maybe you shouldn't, you should be not in a customer facing job, yeah, but- especially in pediatrics and, yeah. and uh, you know, obstetrics. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Yes. But it's hilarious because I ended up being with that doctor for 12 years and I would say have an extraordinary relationship, despite the fact that she's actually retired now and still will send me a happy mother's day every year. Mm -hmm. And it was just a minute instead of saying like, I'm giving up, I don't want to go back here. And she really did. She really did help my son with his respiratory issue, which nobody else had. We had gone a bazillion other places. So sometimes if you can't, it, that was my last hurrah, you know, yeah. of me being, if not, I would have just accepted that we were going to be miserable and I could use it as a teaching lesson for my children of how not to behave to other humans, because right. you could also use that as the kids grow. But if you feel like you're in a situation where, and you feel comfortable approaching that person, that's got to be the other thing too. Like mm-hmm. I feel comfortable approaching her because I'm not, I'm not the, I don't want to say I'm not afraid of people, but I'm really not because I know at the end of the day, I could just get up and you are a New Yorker. Yeah. Well, I'm not too stressed, but, but no, I'm not a prisoner of anybody. And I know that, that I always have a choice. I also for a hot minute worked for Disney. And one thing that they like pound into your skull is that the customer always has a choice and they don't have to choose you. Right. Right. And so I'm like, you know what? Same thing the other way around. I am the customer. I don't have to choose you. Right. So you can, you can really just get that. But going back to the positivity, which that, that basically is positivity. How did you find that you were able to kind of build this team with having a family that's in the medical profession, because I can't imagine people love that. 
when you're like, oh, my father read X, Y, Z. They were like, oh, my God, she's coming back in. This is so like apparently this. there's this thing called the nurse's curse that I didn't find out until I was in the hospital, which is like those people that come in with a medical background and have family in there. There's they're in a situation where the doctors say something always goes wrong with them because there's all this more pressure. Yeah. And so I didn't know that there was a term for this that they have. But, you know, I made sure that I brought that information in. In the same way that nepotism works in, you know, the corporate world, it works in this too. And I didn't do it in a way that it was like totally obnoxious. Yeah. It was more like, oh my goodness, I actually read my doctor's bio, which people do not do. I went and I found my doctor. I read their bio and I was like, oh, you work for Kaiser. Guess what? My sister is a doctor and she works for Kaiser too. I wonder if you guys know each other. Yeah. Funny story. And, you know, bring those kind of bring it together in that sense. Not like mm-hmm. you better tell me everything that's going to be correct because my sister is a doctor and not bringing it in that way. And I, I, the, the fine balance between advocating for yourself and being nice about it, it, mm-hmm. it has to happen in a way that it's like, you're being nice, but at the same time, you're like, by the way, don't give me any shit because yeah. I can find out if this is the right way to go or not, but you don't want to say that. So the, it, it was a fine balance. And for myself personally, um, one thing that I was really aware of throughout the whole crazy pregnancy thing was I'm high risk. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm 42, so I'm advanced maternal age geriatric my sister was like you're an old bag basically so you're the worst kind of patient for the doctor thank you thank you <laughs> sis. i was like thank i appreciate you. that yes true but thank you um and then i also have other conditions that created this high risk environment too so i knew that if you can't advocate for yourself at mm-hmm. this point in your life which is the most important part of your life when can you so i was like i'm putting all of that aside yeah and I'm going to be nice about it, but I'm also going to try and like make sure that I'm getting cared for. Good. So, but and on top okay. of that, especially because I know that there's a bias, I'm a black woman that makes me a next level high risk on top of all the other mm-hmm. high risk stuff that I had before the C-section. Um, I have a condition, I have a condition called epilepsy, which I'm, you've heard of. Um, I had placenta previa. I'm geriatric so there were all these things and then on top of that is the fact that i'm a black woman mm-hmm. getting cared for in the u.s and if people don't understand what that means is that people have an unconscious bias that they're going to treat black people in that are pregnant mm-hmm. differently than they're going to treat other people which leads to an increased morbid death rates among yep. black women yep and it's not that People aren't aware that they're doing this, but it's, it's there. And this was, you know, on the forefront and the back of my brain to always be like, I'm going to advocate for myself because of this and make sure that people see me as a human. And that's where it comes into like, tell your story, have your, my sister will always be like, you know, bring me there um, into the room so that you know that I'm, I have a family. I'm not just a patient number five. And I think that's, that's really important. And what I was being taught from my dad and my sister, as far as like, don't make yourself just a number, make yourself a story. And that's, that is such, make yourself a story that is so, so important. And, and going back to the whole maternal mortality for black women, it is three to four times higher mm-hmm. 
to have an incidence of um, death or some other extreme complication. The, and, and I'm we've talked actually, you know, what's what's funny, you're going to hear about it quite a few times on mm-hmm. the season, which mm-hmm. is really, really great. That's great. Because if now we're like, okay, we know that there's an issue and we all talk about it. Yeah. If we all talk about it, then no one could say they didn't know. Yes. Doesn't and matter I, where you live in the, in I, the world, to be honest with you. It doesn't matter. And I'll give you an example. So when I was in the NIC, or when I was in the hospital, I hadn't been discharged yet. And one of the bias is that black women actually tolerate pain better. And then the other bias is that they have an increased risk risk for addiction to medication. Now, I know from my sister, she's like, take the drugs. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're in pain, don't try and tough it out. Take yep. the drugs. It's yep. going to help you get through. And so at one point I was like, the time was ready. The clock had t- dinged and I was like ready for another pain med. And so I call in the nurse and I'm like, hey, can I get that pain medication? And she was like, are you sure? She was like hesitating on giving me the medication. And in the back of my mind, I was like, ping, is this one of those times? Yeah. And basically was like, I need to advocate here. And I was like, give me the drugs. Like, I'm not hesitating here. I'm not starting to second guess how I feel and how my body is. And I was like, yes, I I need them. And so that's just one example. And it's like you, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know if this is the case, but I know I need to advocate for myself. (sighs) This is like the key to the universe Mm -hmm. right here. And it's, but it's not only during pregnancy, it's actually for your whole freaking life. Right. That's true. I think that once you become a mother, this, the cave person that is inside of all of us is like, um, no, this, this is, this will now be ending. My voice will now be shining. Hopefully knock on wood. My superstitions are coming out. But for me, I know that parenting changes a lot of people. And if you ever needed a reason or an excuse to start speaking up, then here we go, kids. Yes. This is it. Yes, absolutely. And this is the time. And when you think about it, you have these little itty bitty little babies, you realize that you have to care for it. And it's the most emotional thing ever because you're also becoming a parent uh-huh. again, maybe. And you just, you realize that you have to fight for them yeah. and fighting for them means also fighting for yourself. A million percent. Tamara, how are you going to raise Tamara? Tamara, why am I keep doing this? <laughs> it's okay. No, it's not. There's so many different ways. Do you to know? Start. I hate when people call me Emily. Do you know that's my biggest one because it's <laughs> it's my biggest pet peeve out of everything that I could do. I would Emily, rather why Emily. I don't know. It happened. It happened yesterday too. And here you want to talk about advocating for yourself. I just accept that that's my other name. I know. I, I just know. literally just accept the fact that that's my new name. Okay. And you're like, oh, do I interrupt and say this? I don't even bother. So I, I, I think maybe when I was like 16, I gave up. I think I speak too fast. And so when I say Natalie, they just hear Emily. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'll take it. But then yeah. I just say it's my own fault. But then I want to say I should advocate for myself. But then I'm like, I don't care. That's not a battle <laughs> yeah. worth fighting. I'll just, as long as I get what I want. But how are you going to teach your daughters to start speaking up and not waiting for that moment of motherhood to advocate for the, for themselves and to, to be a good, you know, spirit in the universe. How do you start right. that now? It was hard because even just, with my three-year-old obviously modeling the behavior is really good and i mean 
I'm, I'm loud, but yeah. also just modeling like the good mornings, the hi, how are you? Let's share. Um, my three-year-old obviously is a toddler. So all of these things are very difficult right now yeah. because of their lack of impulse control. And so just um, the, the kindness thing, even just when she does something totally stupid, just trying so hard not to fly off the handle and take that breath and be like, yesterday she spit in my face. Um, yep. Yep. Oh yeah. It was one of the most, I, I, I started laughing and then was like, how did you just do that? So apparently there's this kid, Thomas, in her school who's been oh, doing this. So That's yeah. it. I'm out of here. I'm going to speak to Thomas's mom. and yes. mispronounce her name. That's what yeah. I'm going to do. So anyways, just taking that pause and being like, I could really react very poorly right now, but I had to like take that breath and be like, okay, I'm going to try and diffuse the situation here yeah. and just like, keep kind and realize that you're having, you're struggling communicating something, which is basically what adults are also doing, struggling <sighs> to communicate something that they want and they're not getting. And so you trying to make her aware of that. Person. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, it was it was one of those moments. It's tough. You were, everybody's <laughs> going to have one, by the way. So nobody could judge anybody. We all have those. And you, you know, you know that no matter what you do next, that this is an issue, right? Yeah. Like when you have like these big monumental parenting situations, you're like, <sighs> oh yeah, like that's it. Was it. Like, cleansing breath. Cleansing the Lamas breathing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Everybody yeah. is going to have, that's the age. That's the age where I'm not going to say it's toddlers. It's just testing. Yes. Because they could test you if you don't figure out how to react appropriately at three that yeah. whole terrible threes terrible twos three majors you're gonna have that through the actual teenage years yes. if you do not play your cards right and that's what i keep hearing and so we're we're trying to get ahead of all of that right now like we had to buy a book for her and this is totally normal hands are not for hitting mm -hmm. and that you know these things are that was one of the ways where we are like okay, there's a book called the ABCs of kindness. Like we try and read that, especially Perfect. when she's having a tough time right now, communicating and being very toddlery and pushing those limits and those barriers. <sighs> so the good news is for Nova and Layla, they will now have the benefit of your, your whole world experience. Yes. So that's, that's always the plus, but Holy smoke, because if yeah. you want to talk about Ted lassoing the shit out of stuff, like it starts in your family. Yes. Right. So yes. forget now, now we have to figure out how we take spitter McMurphy and convert <laughs> yeah. this onto our team. And it really is, there's all these little moments that are going to pop up. And I know that I always try, like for me, this, my, my, the way that I deal with it, and this is probably healthy or not healthy. I don't know, but maybe your minor in psychology could help. But I always pretend that somebody's in the house because would I say mm. this outside? Right. Would I react like this outside? And if there I, are other people watching yes. to do this. Yeah. So would I, would I do that? And I remember once I bought, now I am a very, very hot-blooded Italian girl, married a wonderfully passionate Puerto Rican man. Like this is, there is... There is heat in yes. our house at times. And I remember when the, the 20s were about three, we bought a CD called Screen Free Parenting. Mm -hmm. I smashed the shit 
out of it. I stomped it to bits and pieces after listening to it. And I'm like, does this person think I'm a moron? Like I could not, this is not reality in this house. And so while that wasn't for me and I decided to take my aggression out on a CD back in, you know, I don't know, 1872 when I bought that, but it's, it's so, it's so funny how really the Ted Ted Lasso wing is going to start during pregnancy or before, depending on when you're listening to this. And then it's going to really evolve into your parenting world because your team is your team. Mm-hmm. you're going to do it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about the girls. I know that <laughs> you have an unbelievable head on your shoulders. And despite the fact, I feel like your sister is going to keep you in check because that's what sisters do. do and yes. uh, yeah, so we're, we're lucky with that. That's one of the best things I think about that. Your three girls is that they're going to have two mm-hmm. other sisters to keep mm-hmm. them in check. But I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that you took the time out of your crazy day to talk to me wildly. And I love that you get to now be a part of something that you've been listening to as I'm in your ears, as you're feeding babies. But like, I'm it's so happy circle, to have done this. It's the circle of life. Yes. And it wasn't scary. Could you tell people that podcasts aren't scary? Like well, when everybody's like, you. it was a joy. Thank you. Everybody's always nervous. Like, the Tamaras and the Tam. I don't remember. I don't remember oh. whatever <laughs> I'm saying anymore. I can't even say your name. I now have a fear of it. <laughs> I am now officially afraid. I want to say Tammany Hall for the TA. And this is really, this is now the word association that I'm playing in my head. (laughs) But regardless, you are one of us. And if anything, if I see you on the street, I will just yell twin mom. And then you will know. I'm going to run over and like give you the biggest hug ever because you've just been so great to all of us in our lives. And like, honestly, changed it for me. Well, I'm coming down to to Hotlanta next year in 2003. I got a, October 21st. It's already on the calendar. Okay. So for uh, for a baby show down there. So get ready. I'm That's ready. That. I'm ready. Sign me up. I'm going to be there. I, I cannot no. wait. I'm so thankful. I really, I'm very humbled by the fact that all of my guests come on and hang out with us. Now, are we allowed to stalk you with questions? Of course. I love that. So we're going to put some information in the show notes to uh, for appropriate stalking. But don't forget that you could always email us at community at twiniversity.com. We are very easily found also on every freaking social platform. You can just slide into our DMs if you have questions about Ted Lassowing, about that your father's a doctor and is being a real moron to your doctors. We have we're, we're it's all about who, you know. And, you know, and know us. I do also host co-host a podcast called The Mom Sync. And I also have a blog that I haven't written on in a little too long, but I will get back to once the twin craziness is kind of settled a little bit um, called hackingmomlife.com. Okay. Well, we'll be expecting new episodes by the time this broadcasts. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, good. All right, my love, you have the best day ever. And for those of you in the world, go back to your regular days. We're going to put the big old E on this. If you notice, we gave up halfway through. Yeah, we gave Uh, up. Yeah, that's it. That's just what happens. So this is, you know, not safe for the office or whatever those that acronym is. I don't even know what it is. But until next time, guys, see you later, alligators. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much.